0: Aloha, aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. My name is Christine Heath, and I'm coming to you from Hawaii, and I'm here with my BFF and comrade in, in arms here.
1: Judy Sedgman, and I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: And we are doing this via the miracles of uh, the internet and our... Uh, Zencaster and the way that we've been able to do these podcasts with each other from thousands of miles apart. It's really kind of amazing.
1: Yeah, it's fun.
0: So, um, we just sat and listened to a, a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> talk that Sydney Banks made called A Quiet Mind. And we got to thinking about really how understanding the importance of clearing your mind and quieting your mind to see things different in your life is very different from the way that psychology tends to focus on things. Now, I know that in psychology, people tell people to do meditation and they tell them to do yoga and and things that are quieting of the mind. And there's a value that's been um, identified as important. But when you sit down with somebody in a session and you start to talk about their problems, you're going in the opposite direction. So like you, you want to kind of think about that, like, Oh, okay. Like if you know, quieting the mind is a good thing. Why am I getting people to think about their problems? Because it doesn't seem like it could be that simple. It doesn't seem like that's really uh, something that you could do as a therapist. It seems like, when people come in, they want to talk about their problems and what's wrong, and they want you to figure it out for them or help them figure it out or tell them how to change their thinking or tell them how to, you know, change their behaviors or surf their emotions or, you know, communicate with people differently or to do something, right, that will fix whatever they perceive as a problem. And, you know, one of the things that we've And we're continually learning, as we talked about last week, that process of evolution is that the more and more we get quiet ourselves, the simpler and simpler life gets for us. And that's really something that really is like different. Like most people don't tell their clients, you know, like, go home and don't think about your problems, right? They have them like, snapping their wrists you know every time they start worrying or they have them um, you know writing down all the affirmations they have for themselves for the day trying to talk them into feeling good about themselves or doing something to be more positive and that's great that that the focus is on trying to be more positive because at one time in the field that was considered bad therapy to be focusing on the positive but You know, there's something deeper that happens when we get out of our intellect and we stop thinking about the problem is answers come from a deeper part of our soul or our consciousness. And, you know, it's kind of like when you try to remember somebody's name and you think and you think and you think and you can't remember it. And then you say, oh, screw it. And you're driving down the road relaxed and all of a sudden, John Jones pops in your head and you remember the name. We just tend to function better when our mind is quiet. So mm-hmm. getting people to think more about their problems and manage their thinking, manage their behaviors, manage what's wrong with them just takes people in the wrong direction. But being able to like people always crack us up because what, you know, like if we have a problem in my business, we have money shortage or something happens. And what we'll do is like for as long as I've run a business, I'll take the weekend off and go to like Waikiki and spend the week, the weekend just getting quiet, just really like having nothing on my mind and forgetting about the problem, not thinking about it. And inevitably I'll come back and I exactly see what I need to do. Or I realize there's really not a problem at all and things just fall into place. It's just kind of magical like that.
1: So when, as you were talking about this, Chris reminded me of two funny things. Um, and one was I had a client one time that I had had one session with this client and and then she was going to come back. And when she came back, she said, you know, I, I know you told me that I should be very, you know, quiet and, and, and not, you know, just get all frantic about things and be such a big worrier and it's not good for me and all this. And And she said, and I tried, she said like last week, like in the middle of the week, I had this big issue and I thought, okay, I'm going to fix breakfast for the kids. I'm going to get them off to school. I'm going to turn off the news and, you know, wait till the house is quiet, you know, walk the dog, get that all settled. And she said, I sat down on the couch and I was really, really quiet. And there wasn't a single sound in the house. And I thought about my problem and I thought about my problem and it didn't make any difference and I said well you know quiet is not outside you know it's not because the kids are home or the dog barks or <laughs> quiet is an interior experience and she said oh come on you know she said I said what are you talking about she was very adamant about the fact that you know if she just turned everything off it would she'd be quiet and so I, I you know I had to sort of practice in the session to have these long pauses and you know trying to take things slow and she kept saying and and, and you know cuz she was just such a thinker and eventually you know we we worked it out but i just think that we're trained that way you know we just think that quiet means turning off the tv or getting the kids to take a nap or whatever and quiet people can be quiet inside even in the midst of chaos and that's why so many times you know people who are leaders in chaotic situations, like if there's a fire or a catastrophe catastrophe of some sort, there's always somebody that says, calm down. Okay, I see what to do. And, you know, where did that come from? Chaos was going on all around, but the person knew how to be quiet inside and get, get a thought.
0: That's actually and- the, the case for any kind of, um, like emergency care or anything like when i was a lifeguard that was the first thing they taught us is before you go out to save anybody you calm yourself down now that didn't come from like this great you know thought process it's just common sense but we don't tend to apply that to our our life in general
1: yeah yeah and the other thing that when you were talking chris about you know (laughs) away I thought about there was a time, uh, in my business and without going into a lot of details, it doesn't matter. There was going to be a big board meeting and we had to make a decision and it was a really important decision and, uh, it was complicated, they said. And, uh, I, at that time was the chairman of the board. I'd sold the day-to-day operation of the business. And I came back to, you know, facilitate this meeting and, um, Nobody knew what to do, and everybody had gotten pretty frantic and I know I walked into the office that I used to have, where the person that was running the business now had the office, and the desk was piled with papers you know magazine articles and business magazine things and letters from the accountant and letters from the lawyer and and charts and graphs and numbers and I was like, "Oh my goodness so i <laughs> I went to the drugstore and I bought a bunch of magazines and and i was by the office. And I said, I'm, I'm uh, leaving town for a few days. The board meeting was the following Tuesday. I said, I'm leaving town for a long weekend and uh, you know I'll be back on Monday. And everybody said, well, you can't leave. We're going to have another meeting to, to work on this. And I said, yeah, I know. Well, you go ahead and do whatever you want to do, but I would suggest that you don't work on it anymore and we'll see what happens on Monday. And I was like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm just going to hang out. I'll be all right. And so they were all thinking, oh, she's just slacking off, she doesn't care anymore or whatever. And I, so I went I went uh I went away to a beach place and just rented a little room and you know, walked the beach and read my magazines and I still didn't really have an idea but I wasn't worried about it. And I was driving home Sunday night, driving back. And I stopped in a diner and the lady put a placemat in front of me and it was a geometric design on the placemat sort of like a crisscross design and I looked at that placemat and all of a sudden I saw a timeline I'm telling you the truth I saw a timeline and I saw what you know what to do when you know kind of thing I just saw a very simple little you know if you do this then you can do this and when you do this then that will fall into place and so on and, it, and I wrote it on the placemat. I just filled it in, you know. And I, I asked the lady for a clean place. I said, I need to keep this placemat. I made some notes on it. She brought me another placemat. And as soon as I finished my my dinner, I called um, our accountant. And I said, I had this idea, and I wonder what to think of it. And I told him my timeline. And he said, that's brilliant. That I wish I would have thought of that. So I said, great. I called the attorney and I said, you know, I know we're meeting Tuesday and I, I had this idea. I don't know what you've got ready to go, but I wonder what you think of it. And he said, well, oh, it's really simple. And he said, well, I think it would work. He said, I really do. I think there's nothing illegal. It'll work. So that's what we ended up doing. Now, the funny part about it was I was sitting in a diner looking at the menu at the time that this happened. <laughs> And I had just spent the whole weekend not thinking about the problem at all, reading magazines, walking on the beach, picking up shells. And that to me is that was the proof. you know that was the moment I said, "This quiet thing, it really matters. You know? <laughs> it really matters. And I you know it, it, it's people don't trust wisdom enough. They don't trust that the fact that when you're not using your intellect and not going over and over what you already know. And if you have a problem, trust me, you already know everything there is to know about it, or it wouldn't be a problem if you knew something new. And, um, you know, if you just trust that new ideas occur to everybody, they're universal. They're they're not limited. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be, you know, a a certain person or a certain position. You just have to be willing to reflect rather than think.
0: Yeah, it's kind of amazing when you're when you're in that state of mind where you've got a problem and you're afraid. You're afraid you can't figure it out, or something's going to go wrong, or bad things are going to happen. You, we tend to rely on our intellect, and then when you are live in a world where analyzing your intellect is kind of the the answer, you get more caught up in the problem and you get more hopeless because you can't see can't see anything different. You know, like my. I have this old, wonderful dog. His name is Rain, and he's going to be 14 in um, January, and he's got cancer in his nasal passage. And I took him to the vet, and he did an X-ray, and there's something there, and um, he's kind of bleeding from the nose. And so I just noticed that, I mean, I don't know what to do with him, right, because I don't know if the treatment would be too hard on him Or um, even if it's something I can do in this island because we have limited um, caregivers here. So I have to find out. I mean, I have to get information and I have to check it out and see. And I was kind of amazed at myself because I thought, like, you know, like, I just don't really know what I'm going to do. So I stopped thinking about it. Then he comes over Mm -hmm. and his nose is bleeding. So I I pat it and I clean it up. And then I think, yeah, I wonder what we're going to do about this. And then I'll get a moment of like, oh, I should know what to do about this. This is my my baby, you know, and, and then I'm like, I don't know what to do about it. And then I just clear my mind again and I calm down and everything's okay. And tomorrow morning I'll walk into the unknown. And I'll start calling veterinarians that might be able to help him or call the clinic in Oahu and do different things, right? It's like you still follow your – like you'll get thoughts that'll come to you that'll be appropriate to what you're dealing with. But going back to quiet and understanding that you don't know is so, um, uh, makes you feel so much more secure because you know eventually you'll get through it. You'll walk through it and you'll do the best job you can. But getting afraid and getting freaked out about it, it wouldn't do anything. I mean, I'd just be miserable this whole weekend. And I still wouldn't know what to do
1: <laughs> and that you know, and I think there's a big difference just between "I don't know what to do" and "Oh my God, I don't know what to do and, yeah. and I think you know the intellect goes to, "Oh my God, I don't know what to do. I've got to go back to the dictionary and look at every word that has to do with this, or you know every thought I've ever had about something like this, as opposed to "I don't know what to do," and when you don't know." You kind of have to wait for new knowledge, you know. If you don't know, the answer is the unknown, and you can't access the unknown going over the known. <laughs>
0: that's right, that's right. You know, so it was interesting because when I called the 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 vet hospital on Oahu, which is the place I have to take him to get uh, some tests done, I um, I told her I said, "Well, there's nobody here that does chemotherapy." Well, then I let let that go, and then. I I called one of my friends who's a dog person. I let her know what was going on. And she said, oh, I've had two friends that have had chemotherapy on this island. I'll find out what vets did that. So now I've got two vets to call. You know, it's like you just kind of put it out there and things happen and you follow that. But if you're all caught up worrying and scared, none of that comes to mind. None of that seems to make any sense. And you're suffering for no reason yet.
1: Yeah. You know, it, even that's true with medical things. I was I was thinking about that recently. That over the course of my life, I've been lucky that I've been pretty much healthy. But you know, everybody has certain things that happen. Things happen. And I, when I was younger, I used to just freak out if anything went wrong. You know, it's like I I, w- I was a runner, and if I got like heel pain or something, I think, oh my god, I'm not going to be able to run. What am I going to do? And and as I'm getting older, I discover that I just. Don't freak out. You know, I mean, things go wrong as they do as you age. And, and I think, well, um, you know, I'll just wait until I have a chance to see the doctor or, I, or I'll or i call my primary care physician and say, you know, I'm having this whatever going on. Is there somebody I should be talking to besides you? And she'll either say, no, come in and I'll take a look or she'll say, oh, yes, I'll, I'll refer you to so-and-so. And it always works out. And it's so it, it hasn't been. um the scary hassle to be when not very serious things used to be wrong with me. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's funny. It's like, you know, the kinds of problems you have as you get older are a little bit more scary than the problems you have when you're 30, but it just don't scare me anymore. I just think, well, it's either going to get fixed or it's not, and if it can't be fixed, it's either life-threatening or it's not, and whatever happens, happens. And the less I think about it, and I had one doctor who uh, recently who said to me, you know, if every patient had your attitude, my work would be so much easier. And I said, why is that? He said, because tension makes people tighten up and healing is slower. It's harder to, you know, they don't hear you when you talk to them. They, You try to touch them and they, you know, flinch. And he said, you know, it's just, you're so relaxed. And I said, well, it's it's because oh, I've been so lucky with the work that I've learned, you know that I can do that and he said, Well, you should teach everybody you know. <laughs> it's like make doctors' lives a lot easier and i you know that's really true. everything's connected in that way when you're when you're fraught over your problems or anything that you're trying to overthink. You do change your physiology,
0: yeah, it's true, everything changes actually, and um It's just trusting that your wisdom is the best you have. That's as good as you can get. You can't be smarter than you are. You can't know things that no one knows yet. Otherwise, we'd have a cure for cancer already, right? We'd have the world would not be in the place it's at. But we can't. We can only know what we can see so far. And, And getting all that personal insecurity off your mind just helps you to see things from a different vantage point. And when you see it from a different vantage point, you're open to seeing new things and kind of walking into the unknown without fear. Otherwise, you get scared and then you can't see where you're
1: going. That's true. Even when you're looking right at it. I've thought of that. i thought of that, too, that, you know, when your mind isn't quiet, you miss, like I was... uh, I was a person who, that my I used to be sort of like my staff when I, when I was working, used to laugh at me because I found things that I was looking for without, that was before Siri and Google and all these things, without a map. I kind of knew the general area I was going to and I'd get a feeling for it. And I'd say, I think it's probably, you know, in one of these two blocks and I would find it. And they would say, well, let's look at the map. And I'd go, well, let's look at the map if I don't find it. And I just, if I couldn't, if I just didn't know, I wouldn't try that. But you know, if I had a thought, no, I know it's down that street, I'd just go there. And uh so they used to laugh at me and they used to call me the secret navigator and things like that. And and it was it was kind of funny, but I was thinking that the other day I was I was in a big hurry. I was I I just recently moved to Pittsburgh and I live right downtown and I'm learning my way around. So I've kind of driven all over downtown Pittsburgh, but I don't have a car, so I'm Walking, and I, um, I got turned around, and I was—I thought I was heading for a street that I wasn't heading for. I was going the wrong way, but here, this some streets are numbered, but not all, and there's a lot of name streets. And you, unless you know the city, you don't know which, you know, <laughs> whether you're hitting, going to the right street. And I stood there, and I thought, you know, I really am completely turned around. I'm in a part of the city that I'd, I've never been walking through before. And I stood there and I looked and I looked every direction and I still didn't really get a feel for where to go. So um, I walked up to somebody who was waiting for the bus carrying a briefcase and I thought, oh, they work here. So they probably know their way around. And I said to the person, I'm sorry to bother you, but since you're waiting for your bus, would you mind, you know, can you tell me how to find whatever it is I was working for? And she said, Oh, of course. And she said, You're only three blocks away. You're just, you're, you're facing the wrong way right now. You got to go back. And, uh, I said, Oh, thank you. And I turned around. And that's, that's getting the answer too. Even, you know, it's like not knowing and being willing to ask somebody who would know. So it's their intellect, your wisdom. <laughs> you know, the two work hand in hand. So it's, uh, and a lot of times people, you know, just panic, and then they don't know what to do, and they just start running around in circles. You know, it's just like, oh, try this way, I'll try this way, and I thought, no, I got to ask somebody because I'm, I don't know, I'm not going to know anymore. Or go on another block.
0: You know, it's it's really a, a a paradox how you quiet down to get answers, right? Yeah, and and that's what doesn't that's what is so different is that you you got to trust that your wisdom will come to you, and as you do that. You get insights and the insight is what quiets your mind. So you can't like try to quiet your mind out. So if you're listening to this and saying, well, how do I quiet my mind? (laughs) It's really just being present in the moment and not getting seduced
1: by your thinking. And having faith that there is wisdom. Yeah. The other piece of it, just knowing that that's whether you can see it right now, this minute, there is wisdom.
0: Yeah. And each time you get a deeper insight, your mind will quiet more without you doing anything. You'll just wake up. Like I remember one day, I was, um, oh, it must have been in, in the late 80s, maybe 1986 or seven. And I got up this one morning, and all of a sudden I realized I thought, oh, I'm not afraid. Yeah. Now, if you'd asked me the day before, If I was afraid, I would have said no. I didn't notice it until I quieted down. And when I was quieter, the fear was gone, whatever thinking I had, right? And that's kind of the magic of it. It's like it's not something to do because as soon as you're doing, you're trying. Remember our, our, our tape on trying, trying, trying? It's like when you're trying, you're thinking. So you just just be okay with being in the moment and just telling yourself just like, I would just tell myself, let's just quiet down about this. Let's just get relaxed and see what happens.
1: Yeah. That's my favorite thing is wait and see. Mm -hmm. I say to myself, wait and see, you know, and, and the the more that happens, the more faith you get in it. You know, now it's like second nature, but in the beginning it was always shocking to me when I could do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It would be, it would come, and you're like, oh, oh, my god, I got this thought. It was so great. I know exactly what to do. And now it's like, oh, okay, now I know what to do, because you just, you kind of uh, get used to the magic of it, or what it seemed like magic at the time, because I, I didn't have that experience
1: very often. <laughs> <laughs> and so, with that, I guess what we'd like to do is wish you all a very magical life. Uh, you know, filled with the magic of insight, which is common to everybody and available in one thought.
0: And if you're starting to celebrate the holidays, whatever your holiday is, this is a holiday time. We hope that your holidays are filled with peace and love and lots of joy and happiness. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.